Going tomorrow? Yeah. Good. So we are still going tomorrow in the morning to dig a ditch. If anybody wants to go dig a ditch. <laughs> yeah, watch. <laughs> yeah, what, what is up with that? I get to take five of us up there to watch me dig a ditch, man. What a lesson. But that's okay. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 15, or Genesis chapter 24. Genesis 24. We're going to have fun. It's always fun. Genesis 24, for, uh, we'll start in 39. Uh, Eliezer, the servant, is just now starting to uh, retell the story again to Laban and all of his brethren about what uh, the Lord has sent him to do via his master. Uh, it's an interesting thing. Let's pray real good. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for uh, just letting us come out to church uh, this morning. Thank you for the sun. Uh, Lord, what a blessing it is. It's nice and warm outside. I do pray now that you'd watch the afternoon. And Lord, T, give us something this morning. I have your precious book, Lord. Uh, your book, every word in this book is precious from cover to cover. Uh, Lord, uh, there's not one word in here, not one jot, not one tittle, Lord, that is in a value, value to us. Uh, Lord, all through our lives, Lord, uh, these things come through more and more each, each day to uh, touch us and help us. Uh, Father, I just pray now that you'd give us something this morning. Uh, thank you for a book. Thank you for a church to come to and those that came out, Lord. Those watching, I just pray for them also, Lord, you give them something this morning. And we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Eliezer, uh, the servant, keeps talking. Uh, he's starting to uh, reiterate a story that, that he had already told once before, but he's going to tell it again. Uh, he starts in verse 39. He says, uh, and I said unto my master, preventure. So he's talking to him, uh, and he says, hey, what happens if the woman won't go? And, and he's telling Laban this, and, and he said that he would be free from it. But we finished up in uh, verse 42. Uh, Rebecca, Rebecca, uh, it's her free will choice to go, and uh, brother, most of the time, our choice in life is, is your choice. Nobody can make you do anything. Uh, it is a free will. Uh, giving's a free will offering. Uh, there's just so much stuff in life that matters. Uh, could one of y'all run back here on the printer? I have a, a print, uh, a copy on the, in my office, it's on the black printer, the uh, Dell printer. But, but your, your choice, it's your choice. Life is full of choices. I don't care how you look at it. Uh, we can make it more complicated if we want, but it's really a lot of choices. I try to keep it very simple to two things. Uh, so if I'm ever getting ready to make a choice, I'm looking, I'll, I'll boil it down to two things. I'm going to do this or that. I don't try to look out six years out in line and say, oh, well, if I do this, 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 then that, 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 that will happen. There's no guarantee. People say, well, why don't you worry? I don't like wasting a good worry. I think if you worry about anything, it's sin. Uh, you may think that's wrong, but that's just me personally. Uh, and when I get ready to worry, I'm going to worry about something that's right in front of me that I got to deal with right now. That's what I'm going to worry about. Uh, anything else you try to worry about, you don't know what the outcome is ever going to be. We've been uh, all week long. I've had 47 people tell me you can't go to uh, Claypool this week because it's going to. Was that on the printer? Okay, then it didn't print out. So thank you, anyways. No, that's cool. But uh, I, I told him, I said, you know, I don't even worry about it. So, well, Mike, I just asked Mike. He goes, looks like we're still going. Uh, you never know when the wind blows this way, the wind blows that way. It could be coming this way. Another storm comes in, blows it that way. Uh, who knows what's going to happen? You know what you worry about when you walk outside and it's raining? It's raining. You know it's raining then. Uh, number two, if it is raining and you still got to get something to do, you're just going to get wet. And that's what you got to do. And, and most people, it's just they worry about it. Uh, my mom worries about everything. I mean, she won't come out of her house. I met a guy yesterday, strange man, strange man. I've known him for years. Uh, we came out of uh, Walmart to go in and get something, 
And uh, he come out, and I've known him for years. If I mention the name, you all know, all of you know him, most of you do. I shook out my hand to hold his hand, shake his hand. He goes, oh, I, don't, I don't do that no more. I'm like, okay. I said, do you do this? Well, uh, uh, I don't know. I may. I, I want to say, you are a weirdo, man. Uh, you know, it's just, I, I told him, I said, brother, look. And he said, he said he's saved. But I said, look, it's, you're worried about things that you have no control over. You can sit there and not shake anybody's hand and walk around the corner and somebody sneezes and you suck in a COVID virus right there and you're going to, there's no way you can stop that stuff. I mean, carry a sink with you or something where you can wash your hands every time you shake somebody's hands. But it's got to the point anymore where people worry about everything, man. If you worried, to me, I'm still thinking, I don't understand. We jump in a car and drive down the road at 60, 70 miles an hour on a two-lane highway with just a little yellow line in between. We don't care about that. I mean, one little mistake on either part, and, and man, I mean, there's, and here you go, there's thousands of cars going up and down the road all the time. It, it's not, it wouldn't be odd for a, two of them to cross each other and just smash, and, and you all have heard about cars having wrecks and what happens. We don't worry about that, but we worry about some stupid little virus or some little thing out there. Now that I've seen the guy, here's an advertisement, they all have their shoulders up and they got Band-Aids on their arm. No, it's not a COVID thing. It's a flu thing. Now everybody needs to get the flu shot. So you get the flu shot on top of the COVID shot on top of the, then some places you can wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. We're going to be stubborn. We're going to make you wear a mask. Everybody says you can't make anybody wear a mask, but they're going to make, it's crazy. The world's insane, but you can worry about that. Well, I don't think anybody should come on a plane without a mask on because I might can't, well, then wear a mask. Don't make me wear one. Brother, I'm telling you what, they worry about everything. Everything, everything is worried. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about that. Uh, you need to throw all that stuff out the window. What you need to do is get it down to two or three things. Two things, usually. Uh, am I going to serve God or am I not? And that's usually what your life should boil down to. It shouldn't boil down to, if you make a decision, am I going to do this for a career or not? You ought to look at that thing and say, wait a minute, what is the outcome of this thing? Our, pro our problem is, is we're not goal-oriented no more. What is your goal? What is your purpose in life? To make money? There's lots of ways to make money. Money's easy to make. You make money all the time. Uh, I, was, I was talking to a couple of guys yesterday. Uh, he figured out a way to make lots of money. He can make lots of money. It's the way it works. It works out good. Kind of like a Ponzi scheme in a sense. But, uh, <laughs> but it works. It works. And it's legal. It's legal. Uh, banks are involved in it. That's cool, man. Banks are involved in it. And most people don't want to mess with it because they, they don't like the restrictions that are posed. There are some restrictions. And you can, you can borrow money from somebody and do some other stuff with it, but it, they're going to check you up on time to see if all this stuff is good. And what you do is you figure out a way to make stuff. You don't worry about it. You just make stuff. You make money. Money's easy to make. What's your purpose in life? Is that all you're trying to do is make money? Uh, what is the end goal? 20 years down the road, what's your end goal? Here's Rebecca. Rebecca's sitting in her little house, minding her own little business, uh, not worrying about anything. She had no idea in the world that this guy was going to come up with 10 camels, I don't know if it's 10. I'm just assuming it was 10. Uh, I, I would say because he's a Gentile, but he could have been like Abraham and come with 12. But anyways, he come with his camels. She had no idea. Now, why are you worried? Why do we worry about life? This young lady had no idea. You know what she cared about? Going, getting water. That was her whole thing. I'm going to go get some water. She had no idea that there was going to be a guy standing there with some camels Praying to God, saying the first person that comes up says, I'm going to feed my camels, I'm going to water your camels, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, do this, do this, that that's the girl. First of all, she knew, she had no clue what was getting ready to happen to her, and Eliezer didn't know that that was going to happen. You know who did? The Lord did. 
And what our problem is, is we read our Bibles and then we walk out of church. Brethren, church is your life. If it's not your life, there's something wrong with you and me. I'll put me in there too. Where there's something wrong with us. Church should be your life because the end product is heaven. There is no other end product. It either is true or it's false. If it's false, then what in the world are you doing here this morning? I mean, really, you don't even need to be here. If it's true, then you need to readjust your whole life to that. You know what Rebecca was doing her whole life? What she was supposed to do every day. She got up, she worked, and she went to bed. She got up, she did what she could to survive, she went to bed. She got up, she did what she could do she, to survive, and she went to bed. You know what the Lord was watching down from heaven? He's looking. He goes, now there's a young lady that's got some character. That's a good young lady. I'm watching her. That's a good young lady. And Isaac needs a good wife over here, and that's a good girl right there. It ain't nothing to get, get him over here to her. I, I don't even need to bring him. I'll bring Eliezer on a couple of camels later on down the road. But there's a good girl right there. If you could just get somebody to see that all they have to do is right. Bob Jones Sr. said the biggest two words in English language is do right. I didn't say you're perfect. I didn't say I'm perfect. I just said do right. You need to do right. When you do wrong, guess what? God's still watching up here saying, there's somebody who just did wrong. And I'm going to give them an opportunity to get that thing right. But if they don't, I'm going to help them. You don't want him to help you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> he, he does things a little bit different than what we would do. Uh, it's, a little more, it's, it's a little more interesting how he does it. So Eliezer starts talking. This may sound like a broken record. However, uh, the servant wants everyone to clearly understand what he's there for. I don't want anybody to make a mistake what I'm here. I'm here to get a girl for my master's son. That's what I'm here. I'm getting here to get a wife. If you're not into what I'm doing, then you need to go somewhere else. I'm going to go somewhere else. We're going to go do this. i got to go find something else because I'm here for a purpose. Verse 42, and Rebekah has the free will. And it came to pass this day, and he's talking, uh, and it came to pass, uh, and it came, uh, and I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord, my God, O Lord God of, of my master Abraham. If now that's just like Eli, uh, like uh, Elijah, Elijah, when he come back to the river, he said, the God of I, uh, Elisha, and he smacked it with the water. Sometimes you have to go on somebody else's faith for just a little bit. Uh, until you get to that place inside you where that faith is built up to where you, the confidence level is there. Elisha didn't have the, quite the confidence level that Elijah had, but he had the character and the stick to that he was going to hang out with Elisha until, Elijah until he got what he wanted. You know what, Elijah, Elisha, man, I, was, I don't know why he chose somebody who was so close to his name, but Elisha had in his mind exactly what he wanted. I want twice what that guy's got. He said, whatever that guy's got, nobody else has got what that guy's got, and I'm going to stick with this guy no matter what until I get what that guy's got. Uh, that's why I like Dr. Rubman. I like sticking around Dr. Rubman. I didn't ever get what he got, but I got enough from him that it helped, it helped me to keep on going down the road on the same path. Uh, I know exactly where I want. Eliezer is, is on his, he's talking to him about his master. He says, oh, Lord, my, oh Lord God of my master Abraham, if thou, has, if thou do prosper in my way, which I go, verse 43, behold, I stand by the, uh, the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh uh, forth to draw water, and I say unto her, give me, I pray, a little water uh, of thy pitcher to drink. And she say unto me, now, I mean, you look at the, the complexity of what he's asking here. He goes, and she say to me, uh, both uh, drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. That's, that's hospitality. You know what we've lost in our country and our world today is hospitality. 
People don't know how to be nice to somebody else. People don't know how to help somebody else. People don't know how to give to somebody else. Here's a total stranger to that young lady, and she is willing to give that person everything. She's given of herself to him. Man, I'll tell you what, brother, you, you want some lessons in here? You know what? We need to pattern our lives after people like this. But our problem is, is we don't. We pattern our lives after the things Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody like that. Yes, you may come in. I was just talking about you. Negative, too. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> But, but she is sitting there, and she's drawing water, and it says, and she shall say, both drink, and I will also draw water for thy camel. Let the same be the woman whom the Lord hath appointed out, of, out for my master's son. And before I had done speaking in my heart, he didn't even get the words out of his mouth. He goes, uh, behold, <laughs> Rebecca came forth with her pitcher. And he, he's telling Laban this, and they're probably, their mouths are dropping, their jaws are dropping. They said, here's a guy come from afar, and he's got camels and everything else, money, all this other stuff. And he wants our sister, or he wants our daughter. He goes, uh, Rebecca came forth with her pitcher on her shoulder. And she went down unto the well and drew water. And I said unto her, let me, uh, let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down the pitcher from her shoulder uh, and said, drink. And I will, uh, and I, let's see, she said, drink. And I will give thy camels drink also. So I drank and she made the camels drink also. And I asked her, God repeats this thing, has Eliezer repeat this twice so we can get it two or three times. You need it two or three times. Uh, you need to get it sink, sunk in your head. You, character is something developed in your life. Uh, this girl, her whole life had character in it. And when it came time for God to use her, she was ready to do what God said do. A lot of us aren't ready to do what God says do. We never are. We never get to the point where we're ready for what God wants us to do because we're so busy trying to get what we want. Brother, I'm telling you what, what you want and what I want means absolutely nothing at all in this world. Uh, it, it's, it's, you gotta st Everything I ever had in my life is pretty much gone. I don't have much anymore. Uh, I, I, you, you would not think that if you come over to my house and look at my garage, but typically, I mean, I, I don't go out on ships no more. I don't go out in the middle of the oceans no more. I, I think of that. I said, Lord, what am I here for? And he goes, you're here to teach the Bible the best you can. You're here to tell somebody about me, and you're here to do what I tell you to do until I tell you that you don't have to do that no more. And he goes, guess what I'll tell you? When you're dead. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll shut up. I got it. I got it. You know, it doesn't matter where he's got you in life anymore. What it matters is, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing right where you're at? Rebecca was doing what she was supposed to do every day, every day. God didn't care one thing about Laban and his family. He cared about Rebecca. And Rebecca was the one that he was looking at. Uh, and 47 says, and I asked her and said, whose daughter art thou? She said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, uh, whom uh, Milcah bare unto him. And I, and I put an earring upon her face and bracelets upon her hands. And I bowed down uh, my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, uh, God of my master Abraham, which had let me, led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. And now... If ye will kill down, now he's talking to them. If ye will deal kindly with, uh, and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. I think Eliezer at this point was enjoying telling that story again. I don't know about you, but I enjoy uh, when I tell stories about what, what happened to me in my life because it, all of a sudden, especially when I know the Lord did it, I can sit there, man, I, I, he did that, I just can't even. It, it's just exciting to hear and watch what the Lord does in somebody's life. Uh, when you can see when somebody's serious about what they're saying, well, you know, when the Lord, you know, that, that is like, we had a class on Thursday night, and what time did we get out of here? About 11? 
just right at 11. My class starts at 8. It's only supposed to go 8 to 9. But Angela back here, she starts asking questions. And then she starts getting everybody else in the class. And the next thing you know, it's 11 o'clock, and we're still sitting. Three hours talking about just a couple verses in Romans. And I'm telling you, it's amazing how much stuff is and how many questions get generated by just you start talking about and get excited about the Word of God. When I was in the Navy, I was excited about electronics. I think if you do something, you ought to be excited about it. If you're not, you're doing the wrong thing. No wonder you don't want to tell nobody about Jesus. You're like, oh, work today, man. I think, if you, hey, we're going to go get dig a ditch tomorrow. I'm excited about that. You say, why? Because it's going to put wire to a house, to a building, and they're going to get power in that building, and then we can go back up there and finish the building, and maybe this camp year, if we get it done in time, we can get another 24, 25 kids in camp. I care about those 25, 26 kids. What do I do about me? They got to go on after I'm gone. Who's going to help them? Somebody's got to. You know what our problem is? is all we care about is us. And that's what the Lord is always trying to, you know why he loved Rebecca? She didn't care about Rebecca. Well, she did in a sense, but I'm telling you what, I mean, she must have had some, some arms on her, man. I mean, if she can feed all them camels and drink them and give all the water to them and never even think twice about it. She never even thought twice about it. You can say, well, the Lord made her do that. No, he didn't. That was in her heart. Or the problem with our heart is we, we set our mind. I was talking to a friend yesterday and, and uh, tried to get him to come to church, and they won't do it, and he won't do it. And I'm like, there's nothing you can do. Uh, you, no matter what you do, there's, there's something hidden in his life that's preventing him from doing what he's supposed to do. And he thinks nobody sees it. The Lord sees it. And the best place you could ever be is in church, man. I tell you what, the, 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 you need to come and you need to hear something about it. But I loved it. When I was at the satellite station, I got so mad because I was doing everything. And after a while, you get tired of it. And I had 10 people working for me. They're all radiomans, and they were sitting around doing nothing. You know why they were doing nothing? Because they didn't know what to do. Nobody ever took time to train them. Well, either I do what they do by myself plus what I need to do, or I train these guys in what to do. So I got me a big old board, man. And I started talking about everything, and how up converters work and down converters and how modems worked and how this did, and tied them all together and showed them how to patch it and do all the other stuff. I showed them radium and stuff, the stuff they needed to know. Pretty soon they started operating the site, and I didn't have to do that no more. Now there's 11 of us. You can't get 11 out of this. I get down to half. But there's 11 of us now doing the work that one person was doing before, and, and they told me when I left, they said, Mike, the reason we liked you so much is you were so excited about what you were doing. Well, I thought God just let me be an ET, and I thought he gave me an opportunity to work. So I just stuck my head down and kept my head to the grindstone while everybody was out partying and everything else. I was working through school. I was working through the satellite station. I was working on the Scott. I was working on the Ponce. I was working at the satellite station. I don't care where I was at. You know what I did? I had the opportunity to do something, and I could care less what was going on in the world. I did what was right in front of me. God's watching that right there. I was happy doing what was right in front of me. I didn't think I should be somewhere else. I don't know where somewhere else is. This is where I'm at. I don't know anything but this right here. I can't tell. I like Doug Waymar. Doug Waymar is a great guy. I hope he's saved. I need to find him one of these days to see if he is. But he always said, he said, I don't believe that Ronald Reagan's president of the United States. I'm like, Doug, how could you not believe? He goes, because he's never come and stood watch with me. He said, I stand watch 12 hours a day, four days a week. And if he, I, I don't even know if he exists. He could just be a mannequin. I'm like, Doug, he goes, he goes, he goes, I don't believe nothing. This was back in the 80s. 
He, he, didn't, he didn't believe nothing he seen on TV or heard on the radio. He goes, when he comes and stands, watch with me, he says, I'll believe he's president of the United States. And he, you know what Doug did? He'd get right back to work. Doug's a sharp guy, man. Me and him used to work side by side all the time, and we'd never tell each other what we were doing. He, he, would, he would troubleshoot one way, completely thought different than I did, and I would troubleshoot another way, and we would race to the problem. He was my competition. I was his competition. The guy was a genius. Uh, and I don't know if I'm a genius or not. I just kind of copied off of him. He was older than me. But I'm telling you, brother, the, the, the blessing is, is God's looking for some people that will just do. He shows you stories in your Bible so you can see these people. Here's Eliezer. He takes 10 camels and heads out of Dodge at his master's whim, going across country and terrain that, are, that thieves and robbers are and bandits and everything else, and he's headed out to do God's will. You know what God did? Protected Eliezer all the way back. Uh, Rebecca's sitting there. We, we try to hook our kids up. I'm telling you, that is the biggest mistake we'll ever make in our lives. You can't do that. I've tried it. It don't work. Uh, I tried and caught myself before I got too far, and I backed up and said, look, Elliot, you need to shut up, man. Let God do what he's doing. Because if you start doing what you think you're going to do, or you start pushing it forward, you could be making the biggest mess you ever kiss it, uh, seen in your kid's life. All you got to do is look and say, how well did I do? And if you did great, then you're a great judge of people, but how do you know what that other person's thinking? It's not worth it. What you need to do is let God come. It's called trust and faith. If God wants you to find, he'll put the person in your path. He'll bring you to it. I think, I think, I think God's my, I think when I get to heaven, man, God's going to show me there was times I was down Kings Island and Beth was probably right in front of me or behind me on a stinking roller coaster. And I was too stupid to see it. And he had to run me through everything he run me through. So in 1989, I could meet her and get married. I bet you we'd run across paths. We had to be, I, I just know how he works. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. It wouldn't surprise me. I might get to heaven. He says, no, you stupid idiot. I didn't do that. But that's okay. Anyways, Eliezer, he's excited. He's excited about telling everybody. He'd tell him again. If he could find another crowd, he'd tell him exactly what happened here. He goes, and now if, if ye will deal kindly, verse 49, if you'll deal it. He said, he said tell me. He said, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to do nothing until you tell me what, what the deal is here. He goes, if you aren't going to tell me, I'm going to move on because I got a job. He was focused on what he was supposed to be doing. What's wrong with us today is we're not focused. Eliezer knew exactly what his mission was. Abraham was not around to, to, to push him or prod him. Eliezer had enough character about himself that he would finish what he started. And he was gaining nothing out of it. I'm going to talk about that this morning in my morning message. So many times we think we need to gain something out of something before we do something. You don't have to gain a thing to get God's blessing. You don't have to gain nothing. I'm telling you what, you, the best thing you could ever do is give your time and your effort to everything and just forget about it. God knows exactly what you're doing. I, I give stuff away all the time. I work, do stuff for people all the time, and I never even try to charge them anything. I, I was up at uh, the mechanic shop yesterday. And I had to leave, and on the way out, they stopped me and said, Hey, Mike, 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 can you do me a favor? I said, What's wrong? And right by the door was a switch, a metal box, and the cover was off about that far. And, and you could see the burn marks on the side, and every time they touched it, 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 it would arc and sh uh, blow sparks all over the place. And they couldn't find the breaker to turn it off. And, and they asked me, said, what, what can we do about that? I said, Well, I can put a new switch in. You want me to put a new switch for you? They said, no, no, you'll die. We don't want you to die. I said, no, I ain't going to die. I said, that's what I've been doing for 43 years. That's what I do. 
And they go, Budgie, we can't find the power. I said, I don't care. I said, I eat electricity. And they looked at me. They thought I was crazy. So I got to get my rubber gloves on. And I come in with my rubber gloves on. And I arced it myself once. And, <laughs> and it didn't throw a breaker. So that must be one heck of a breaker that thing's on. Uh, but anyways, I pulled it out, put a new switch in, hooked it up. And they looked at me like I was some, some wizard. I'm like, no, it's just, it's just a plain old circuit. Why? I don't have to worry about it. Aren't you going to shut the power off? Don't care about shutting the power off. Uh, now, if I'm going to have you do it, we might, you might want to shut the power off. But uh, I'm not going to shut the power off. I said, I've, I've done this. I've done all kinds of crazy stuff like that before. But you just, the Lord gives you something. You get confidence about doing something. You do it. And then you move on. Eliezer is still excited. I, I like him. I like it every time I read this thing. I bet you Rebecca was getting excited. She now sees something that the Lord has given her that she didn't see five minutes ago. And now she sees it. She's like, man, man, oh, man, 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 man. Uh, the Catholic Church is crazy, man. I, 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 the more I listen to the Catholic Church, the more I think these people are out of their minds. Take your, take your Bibles, man. What a, what a, let me see. Let me make sure I'm in the right place. Ten. Go to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. We miss it, brethren. We miss the Lord's hand in our lives. Now, I'll tell you what. If you're at a place where you say, well, I done screwed up. I done messed up. I'm in a place where I've done some things that I shouldn't have done, and I need to correct them. You know what you do? You stop right now, and you start from this day forward correcting those things. You forget those things from the Bible. They'll take care of themselves in time. But you just start correcting them. And the further you get away from them, the further they'll be. And you correct them. You correct the things behind you. You don't keep adding more and more things to that list. You stop it. You say, okay, Lord, today I'm going to stop. I did that on the back porch in Louisville, Kentucky, 19. I said, okay, I'll stop. I'll never be worth anything, but I'll stop. Uh, and the Lord, he worked it all out. I mean, I, I, I've got to do all kinds of crazy stuff on this planet. Uh, Psalm 32.8. He says this. Well, he doesn't say it in Job. Because I was in 32.8 in Job, and it don't look right. 32.8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. God said he'll take care of the problem. I've watched that for 43 years. I'm a testimony to that. I can tell you he will do that. Uh, he has done that for me for 43 years. He has got me in and out. I've got myself in trouble. He's got me out. I got myself in trouble, and he told me that it was my fault I was in trouble. And he said, okay, and I'm, I'm going to get you out, and you ain't going to like how I get you out, but I'm going to get you out. It wasn't words like that, but I knew exactly as I was going through it. I wish you could have seen me the day I walked out of that cheese mess when I had 70 E7s and above mad at me. I had that whole ship mad at me. I mean, I just got kicked out of the most prestigious place on that ship. An old master chief, get out of here, Elliot! And I'm, I, as soon as I step out the door, I know I got to see the retake, replay of that when I get to heaven. I had to be floating. I was like Lazarus coming out of the tomb. I mean, that was like the tomb in there. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I can't even remember anything, but it was such a joy in my heart because I did the right thing. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, didn't care what the outcome was going to be. I just knew at that particular moment, I did something that made him happy. And he was happy. <laughs> I wasn't going to be too happy for the next four months, but he was really happy. Uh, and you know what he said? You caused this, by the way. He goes, but I can see the smile on God's face. I don't know about you, but I, down through the last 43 years, there's been times like that where I sit there and look at that thing, and that, that's what my joy rides right there. I'm sitting there going, Lord, Eliezer is doing the same thing. He's right here. He said, the Lord has guided me, and he brought me right to this place, right to the well, 
right to a young girl that is right in the family bloodline of the people I'm trying to find. Now, I don't know. People say, well, what are you going to do if he was the only one who lived by the well? I guess the story don't read like that. It's like a little metropolitan city, and she walks out. Take your Bible, go to uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is my favorite verse in the Bible. Well, I got a bunch of them, but this one's a good one. This is what I'll sign the Bible with. 3, 5, and 6. Go back to verse 1 real quick. My son, forget not my law. There's, there's a prerequisite for all this stuff that you read. Forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, not into somebody else in the Lord. And lean not unto his own, under, under, under own understanding. Throw your, your thinking out the window. You're, you know your brain will get you in trouble? You do know that, right? There are some smart people on this planet. There are some very smart people on this planet. And you're thinking, I'll tell you what, I, I, I have my phone. i got my phone somewhere. You know what this thing does? It lets you open your, your mouth way before you should and get it out there to everybody else way before you should. And then everybody else sees what was put out there. I've had people call me, did you see what so-and-so wrote? No, I didn't. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't care. Uh, this thing is deadly. It's deadly. I hate it when somebody comes up and says, well, look right here. You, why would you do that? You know what that is? That you're just trying to prove yourself right. That's all I would be doing is trying to prove me right. I don't care whether I'm right or wrong. I care whether the Lord's right or wrong. Is the Lord going to get glory out of me showing you that you're stupid or you're an idiot? Or you're the fault, or I'm the fault, or somebody else is the fault? What, well, all that does is cause decision, divisiveness, fighting. And, 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 we don't need that in the church. Brother, I had somebody in class the other night. Uh, they asked about, I think it was Angela, because she asked about everything. But it was about sin. And I said, you know, we're out here in our world, you, you go back all the way to Adam and Eve, and all they did was eat a piece of fruit. And the sin at that particular point was just as heavy as what it's on us. They were perfect, sinless, created by God, never sinned. They're out here. We're now down here at a pyramid. If you can imagine a pyramid at the bottom of 6,000 years of sin on this planet. And you're sitting under this thing, under the load of that sin, pushing down on you. And they give you this. Exactly what do you think this is going to do? Now you can, you can blow. Who cares what we think? In a big scheme of things, 8 billion people on the planet, who really cares what you think? But we got to have this. And one person's going to look up something on somebody, and somebody else is going to look up something. You know how many times I've seen that in 43 years? I had access to the biggest database in the world. Somebody was telling me that the other day. They had access. Who was that? Was that Adam? Was that you? Who said you had LexisNexis databases? Yeah. You, I could go on LexisNexis. I could tell when you sneezed. If you ever sneezed in your life and, and somebody shot it, Got it? It would be in LexisNexis databases. I never once, not once, went into that database. I didn't care. I don't want to know anything about you. If I do, it's going to change what I do. I don't want to know what you do and you don't do. Lord knows everything. I'm not the judge here. I'm not the judge. But boy, when you start going into people's backgrounds, and I knew a guy who did that. And the guy's out of God's will right now. You know what? That information you can't handle. 
Pretty soon you're starting to make decisions based on what you think you know and you don't know all the facts. You can know a series of facts and those, those could be facts. Got it, man, they're facts. There's another no series of facts that will go along with those facts that will change what you think. Just because you think you know one thing doesn't mean you know anything. You know what that is? It's not trusting God. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. Your brain will get you into trouble. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Sometimes he'll tell you to go this way. I bet you Rebecca was right there. She's like, here's a guy on 10 camels. And he's got lots of money, and God's all, that's good, but do I really want to go with this guy? I mean, I don't know nothing about this guy. Would you go out today and jump in a car with somebody you don't even know who they are? The last time I hitchhiked, a, a stinking queer picked me up, and uh, I, I was going to kill him. I mean, I was, I was like, I, that's all I knew what to do is to kill him, or at least threaten him I was going to kill him. Uh, that didn't happen. I said, you better pull over here and let me out. And, and I mean, this was back in, it had to be 74, 75. I said, this guy, I said, this is crazy. That's the first time I really ever even seen a queer. I didn't know they existed. I heard about them. This guy, when he, I said, oh, man, I was ready to throw up on him. You say, what was that? Well, you don't jump in a car with somebody you don't know. Well, we get on a plane. <laughs> yeah, but there's U.S. Marshals on there, too. There's, there, well, that's ignorant. That's all, forget it. I ain't going to go there. Take your Bibles. Go to uh, <laughs> Psalm 119, 105. Trusting God. We're talking, we're at a place right here, it's trusting God. There's so many of us that we have never got to a place where we trust God. I don't even want to make a move till I know the Lord's in it. This diet I'm on, I knew exactly what I was doing when I did. I knew the Lord was in it. And then I'd question it because Beth is sitting there talking. I had her on the phone with me. I knew that it was for her birthday. And I looked at her and said, Beth, should we do it? She goes, yes. I said, okay, we're done. That's a rare thing. Usually her and I don't agree on stuff. But she agreed with that one. And, boy, when you get two uh, going the same direction, uh, I knew that was exactly what I should do. Psalm 109, or 119, excuse me, 105. The Lord says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Go down to verse uh, 114. Thou art my hiding place and shield. I hope in thy word. Uh, verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Verse 130, the entrance of thy word giveth light. You know what directs your path at night? We're in a dark world now. You know what directs your path is light. Uh, it giveth understanding uh, to the simple. That's me. I like that. Uh, verse 133, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I'm telling you what, brother, if you start looking at that book and you look at this book as a guiding source of your light, I was telling somebody this the other day, uh, the, the problem with believing eternal security, the problem with the believing in baptism, the problem in believing uh, what I should do in life is not believing that book. We say we believe a King James Bible is the word of God, but you really just, a lot of people just say that. They just say it. They don't really believe it. I believe that thing is the word of God. I believe that was handwritten by the Holy Spirit telling a bunch of men, 154 scholars, how to translate the last little bit of Tyndale's work into this book. I think William Tyndale was led by the hand of God to get the Greek manuscripts and everything else and, and do all the work he did. I think the men on the Geneva and the, uh, the, Greek, or the, Geneva and the Bishop's Bible and the Great Bible were doing exactly what God told them to do, and the Holy Spirit was guiding them. I believe Tyndale or, or Wycliffe 
uh, actually translated that Bible out of Latin into English, although it was corrupt. I believe he's doing the work of God right there to get that thing. I think Gutenberg, when he made the press, he made that press where God could make the Bible on that press. They said the first thing ever printed on Gutenberg's press was a Bible. I think God made this thing. <laughs> and if he made it, he made it for me, not for you, for me. My, this is my Bible it sits here in front of me. When I read it, it talks to me. If you're coming to that book to show somebody else, oh, brother, we haven't got the brains to guide somebody else in this life. Get them in this book, man. You know what you need to do? I tell everybody, uh, Dr., Dr. Peacock has a school down there and PBI is sitting down there also. If you want to go somewhere to go to Bible college, I'd go to PBI. If you don't want to go somewhere and you want to stay here, which that's what I think you should do, uh, uh, Dr. Peacock has a school down there you can take online and get everything you want to get. And what that will do for you is it will change your life if you let it. If all you're doing is just going to go get the Bible so you can prove somebody else wrong, then, brother, you just went to the wrong, you went for the wrong reason. I never went to learn anything to prove anybody else wrong. I went to learn something to change my life. And if you don't want your life changing, then you got a problem. It's, you'll never get it, man. You'll never get it. You know what Rebecca was waiting for? A change in life. You know what she's getting ready to get? A change in life. She's getting ready to get a good one. Now, I don't know about you guys. This is more like preaching than teaching. I don't, I don't, I don't really like teaching the Bible. I don't think I'm a very, very good teacher or a preacher. I just think this is a good book. And I think all the way through this book, every page of this book has a story in it that will get me through life. And I don't have to understand Romans and Acts and all the other stuff in there, 1 Corinthians, to a T where I can argue with anybody and show them all the verses. The, the verses are for me. They're for me to get myself right. And then you can help somebody else. If you're on an airplane, you're getting ready to crash, they're going to tell you to put your, air, your mask on if they lose cabin pressure. Uh, you're not going to do anybody any good if you put everybody else's mask on and then you die. What you need to do is put yours on for But that's selfish. No, you're going to stay alive. You can help more people. Rebecca's going to help right here. Guidance. Uh, I'll look at another one. Uh, Isaiah 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21. I still got three minutes. Go on. I know you're over there. Yeah, you, got the, you got it in your hand? No, he's not yet. <laughs> but it's a great book, man. We are so tunnel vision in life. We see everything out of just this little tunnel vision, and we think we know what everybody else should do. You know what I do? I do what the Lord tells me to do, and I do it. And then let the rest of it fall where it may. I don't, it's, it's not my responsibility to make everybody do what they're supposed to do. Because if they don't do it out of, of the right heart, it's useless anyways. Isaiah. I'm going to get there in a minute myself. Unless somebody stole Isaiah out of my Bible. Isaiah 30. Man, I tell you what, it's just, if you could get people just doing what God wants them to do, could you imagine what this world would be like? 3021. 3021. And thine ears, am I in the right place? Am I? Yep, that's it. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. Somebody's going to give you the, the, the wherewithal in your back of your head saying, This is the path, this is the path. Uh, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left, stay in the path, don't get out of the path. This is the way. Walk ye in it. There's a path out there that you're supposed to walk. He has a path for me to walk down through life. I like Paul. I love the story of Paul all the way through there, all the way through Acts. Because Paul's mission, final mission, was to go to Rome. The Lord knew that Paul was going to go to Rome. I'm going to make sure Paul gets to Rome. How he gets to Rome is your choice, is my choice. If he has something for me, 
then he's got places in my life that he wants me to do certain things. And if, he, if he's active in my life like I hope he is, he's going to show me down through there where to go. Sometimes, guess what? I'll get off path, and he'll bring me right back on. He'll show, I'll get out there enough to where I'll see I'm off path, and then he'll show me a way to get right back on. I still have to do it, and I'll get right back on. And you move on down that path, and, and these little things will click, click, click. Paul did that all the way down through there. He had to go to Rome. He went to Rome. Paul had to go to all different kinds of places. He went to all kinds of places. He went right where the Lord wanted him to go to get the gospel spread so we could sit out here 2,000 years later and sit in a Sunday school class and talk about a Bible that's sitting in front of us. And, and the Lord says, get in the path and stay in the path. What you want to do is struggle to get in that path. Rebecca was doing everything she could on a daily basis. She had no idea where that path was going to lead her. She had no idea when that path was going to be opened up in front of her eyes. She had no idea about anything. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. I know it's, hey, you missed your ding-a-ling. Oh, thank you. But you're a minute late. <laughs> but she got, once that path was there, man, it lit up in front of her. She knew exactly what she was going to do, and she did it. Man, I didn't get nowhere. Verse 58, I'll stop right here. And they called Rebekah and, and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? A total stranger. Well, he wasn't a total stranger. She met him out by the well. He convinced her out by the well that he knew the Lord, and the Lord knew him, and, and his master's son, he had a son that loved Jesus. And you say, well, he didn't love Jesus. I bet you he did. He just didn't know who he was yet. He would have loved him if he met him. He loved God. His son loved God, and that's where I want to be. And she went, just like Ruth. Ruth telling uh, uh, Naomi, your God, I want to go with you. I want your God to be my God. And I, where you live, I want to live. And where you die, I want to die, right next to you. And the next thing you know, she marries a man named Boaz. And down through history, Jesus Christ comes out of that union. Brother, I'm telling you what, you cannot, you cannot, I'll finish here right now and pray. You cannot guide your steps. You can't do it. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Uh, thank you for just the blessing that uh, the Spirit of God testifies to this book constantly all the way through. Lord, no matter how, what we do in life and uh, whatever uh, destination you have for each and every one of us, uh, Lord, we can't get to where you want us to be without this book and without following you. Lord, I pray that you'd lighten our lives, keep the light lit, that uh, we can see the path to go down. And we'll praise you, Nani, in Jesus' name. Amen.